Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Tuesday, August 29th. Happy Travel Tuesday, everyone. Happy birthday to my sister. Um, I think we discussed this last time on the pod. I don't know if she actually ever listens, but uh, we have an exciting show for you today. I'm on location. It's always fun to do the podcast when I'm actually physically traveling out somewhere. And joining me on the show today is Emma Weissman, Managing Editor of Travel Age West. Welcome to the show, Emma. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hi, Eric. I'm very happy to be back. So as you said, I'm Managing Editor of Travel Age West, which is a sister publication to Travel Pulse. And I'm also a podcast host. I host the Humans of Travel podcast and the Trade Secrets podcast, which is produced in conjunction with Travel Weekly. Love it. Yes. Great podcast on both of those. And definitely travel advisors should listen to that. And anyone who loves travel, just check out the Humans of Travel podcast because deep dives and insights into uh, some fascinating people on those. So Em and I are gonna uh, are on location. We're at the Hyatt Ziva Zolara in Montego Bay, Jamaica here. We are at the Future Leaders in Travel Retreat once again. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Future Leaders in Travel and what we're here and what's it all about and everything. But first, as we do for every episode of the podcast, in case this is your first time listening to the show, Let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with Labor Day travel, as big numbers are expected coming up this week. So if you've got any travel plans, um, you might be in for some uh, crowds there. According to AAA Travel, the top domestic destinations are Seattle, Orlando, and Anchorage, and also New York and Las Vegas, with Seattle being popular due to strong demand for Alaska cruises and Florida dominating for its beaches, theme parks, and cruise ports. No surprise there. Domestic bookings, though, for the extended holiday weekend are up 4% and international bookings are up 44%. So domestic cruise bookings over Labor Day weekend are up 19% compared to 2022. Data shows that Thursday, August 31st, between 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. is the busiest time on the roads with Friday, September 1st also being super busy. The best time to drive is uh, home is on Sunday, which I like to do if I'm actually traveling on this holiday weekend because I love to just do nothing on the Monday of holiday weekends is always nice. But if you are traveling out there, just be prepared for uh, a bit of crowds and everything. Uh, personally, I don't think there's going to be a best day for air travel this year. I think the whole weekend is going to be pretty packed. So uh, this is a time when the early flights out are the best bets. So Emma, any advice for our listeners uh, who may be traveling this weekend? Uh, are you doing any traveling? Are you have any big plans for, for Labor Day weekend? I, th- I think your birthday is coming up too, right? My birthday is coming up. It's on the 10th. So it's missing that busy time, okay. luckily. And I'm actually going to be traveling for work over my birthday. But I think my best advice, and this sounds a little bit cliche, is just pack your patience. If you are going to be traveling on these really busy days, and actually we will be traveling on Thursday, August yeah. 31st, coming home from this event, just remember to be patient. Everyone is trying their best at the airports there's a lot of crowds but the best thing that we can do is be respectful of our other travelers amen yes because uh there are a lot of unfortunate uh naughty travelers out there who just seem to just go wild at airports these days and on planes for whatever reason i really thought that would die down a little bit post you know mask removals and everything mask mandates should i say but and it really hasn't, unfortunately. I know. It's so funny to me because it's like after the pandemic, I was thinking, okay, you know, we're going back to normal. Remember, people, we live in a society with rules. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, some people are a little slow on the uptick there. Oh, yeah. It is unfortunate. So the FAA is working on cracking down on that. And speaking of the FAA and other air travel news, last week, the Federal Aviation Administration, they ordered more than 90 airports to hold emergency meetings to address the near misses and near collisions happening in the skies. And on the grounds. Uh, a few days later, though, the FAA awarded more than $121 million to airports around the nation to fund measures aimed at reducing the risk of runway incursions between airplanes. 
The projects to be funded by this investment will include reconfiguring taxiways that could cause confusion, installing new lighting systems, and making airflow alterations to provide more flexibility to use. So following a string of incidents, though, in early 2023, seems like uh, a good little bit throughout this year. We've just seen other news of like almost planes almost collide, planes almost collide, like which is never a fun headline to have to, to write. Um, the FAA issued a call to action and held a safety summit in March, and that brought together aviator sector leaders, including airlines, flight crews, airport ground crews, air traffic control, to determine the potential causes of these near misses and the sources of safety lapses, and then propose actions to needed to resolve them. So it's good that some more some funding is um, being happening uh, is happening to elevate you know some of these uh, older um, runways out there. And the FAA, speaking of the air air traffic controllers, that's been an issue. They they did meet their goal. They hired. 1,500 air traffic controllers this year. They said that they revealed um, around 2,600 controllers are employed at various stages of training, while the U.S. Department of Transportation is seeking an additional $117 million to hire another 1,800 employees next year. Air traffic controller staffing has been a big issue for air travel. These near misses as well that you can contribute to air traffic controller staffing issues too a little bit uh but you know your thoughts on all this recent faa news i mean well the near misses and the collisions are terrifying and absolutely absolutely should not be happening and if they are i think we really need to get to the root of the problem with air traffic controllers specifically i have a friend uh, antoine wilson he's also a travel advisor but he's a full-time air traffic controller in miami and we were talking a little bit about the job it is so mentally taxing to be an air traffic controller. So, I mean, make sure that that proper training is in place because it is a really, really high risk job and make sure that the proper conditions for employees are in place. Their hours, are there enough mental breaks? Are we giving them enough support? It is one of those jobs that I don't believe just anybody can do, but yeah. because of all the safety issues, we need to make sure that we're providing these air traffic controllers with enough support breaks, hiring more people, I think will help. But I am glad that they're all convening and really trying to get to the root of the problem. It's absolutely necessary for the industry to continue to grow and, and thrive. You can't have people being afraid of, you know, planes colliding. And uh, there were a couple different experts that these, you know, stories we posted on Travel Pulse had, had commented um, in other news outlets. And a lot of them were saying, you know, it's, we don't want to get to the point where a collision does happen for us to actually take action to Right to right the ship, so to speak. And, I completely agree. We can't get to that. So hopefully that never, ever happens and we don't have to come to that. And, you know, the hiring of more air traffic controllers and really it comes down to the training. Like you said, I think that is the rigorous, it's a rigorous job. I know I couldn't do it. So kudos to Antoine and uh, kudos to all our air traffic controllers out there. And, you know, if you're know someone looking for a job and, you know, they can handle high intensity stuff, then uh, send them on over to the air traffic controller because they, they can get paid pretty well. Too. So in other air travel news, a bit different air travel, supersonic travel, uh, NASA is taking commercial aviation one step closer to supersonic passenger planes. They recently investigated the business case for supersonic passenger air travel aboard aircraft that could theoretically travel between Mach 2 and Mach 4, which is a little over 1,500 miles per hour between uh, 3,000 miles per hour at sea level. So by comparison, today's larger airlines cruise at roughly 600 miles an hour or about 80% the speed of sound. Meanwhile, a company called Boom, they achieved key milestones in the development of their supersonic airliner. So a lot of different um, 
companies going in on that. Uh, your thoughts on the idea of supersonic travel, Emma? Would you get on one of these planes that would fly like 3,000 miles per hour? Oh gosh, well, you know, I hate long airplane rides. So it's really tempting. I mean, science and engineering is so amazing, isn't it? Right? Like that Technology. we're even having this conversation. And I'm glad it's NASA who's, who's yeah. behind that. That makes me feel a little bit more comfortable. With everything that happened with the submersible and the Titanic, um, I'm a little bit nervous to just try something that's super high risk. I think I would probably wait a little bit to see if there are any safety issues or the kinks get worked out, but I don't want to rule it out because I think it could be a really, really cool opportunity. And if it goes mainstream, hey, I want to get on a flight and have it take a lot less time than it's taking now. That sounds really appealing. So maybe check back with me in a few years. Right. Yeah. We'll see how it goes on on those first um, test flights and first full passenger flights and stuff. Uh, I don't know that I would want to be like on the first of things. I'm right. not that much of a thrill seeker. But I do love roller coasters and I love going fast on that. So I feel like the idea of being on a supersonic jet, uh, been on high speed rail before um, in Asia. So that would be, you know, just an, an extra element to my travel experiences and something you could say you've done. And I think that would entice a lot of people. I think this is as close as some people will ever get to sort of like space travel. You're not, you're not going super high, you're going super fast. So a difference in that, but space travel is going to be priced out to the majority of uh, people around the nation um, that can't quite afford that, um, at least in their early going, you know, 50 years from now, who knows of any of this sort of stuff, but I'm all for the supersonic and bringing this back and if we can get it done right. Um, I think it would be really fun. Agreed. And it's so interesting because like the Concord, when that was around, like the reason that it was kind of discontinued is because it was cost prohibitive. So it'll be interested to see how this is when you compare it to something like the Concord, which was never really brought back into the mainstream. Yeah. Very well put, yeah. In other travel news, as we wrap up what's been trending in the world of travel, we go to destinations and hotels a mix a bit here as New York City, a prime travel destination for so many around the world, they are cracking down on vacation rentals. On September 5th, the Big Apple's new Local Law 18, also known as the Short-Term Rental Registration Law, will come into effect. The legislation, which was officially adopted in January 2022, is requiring short-term rental hosts to register with the mayor's office of special enforcement and in doing so acknowledge and comply with certain standing regulations. So Emma, your thoughts on destinations cracking down on vacation rentals? Yes, 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 yes. We need this. We need this so badly. There are so many instances of short-term vacation rentals that just go horribly, horribly wrong because there are no regulations in place. The one thing that I always say, if I have my friends who are booking a short-term vacation rentals through companies, not going to name those companies, but I always think, you know, you should, A, you should have used a travel advisor. You always want an actual person Mm -hmm. who has vetted the quality of your accommodations. And also with a hotel, if certain problems arise, it's more likely that there's going to be someone downstairs who's going to help you solve that problem. You're not going to be left in the dark. So I do hope that other cities follow suit with this. I think it's been sorely lacking in the market for way too long. It really has. Yeah. A couple episodes ago on on the podcast here, we talked about innovations and travel and, and tech and all that stuff. And I had a guest from Focuswire on and he was saying how, uh, Mike was saying how um, one of the biggest innovations he thought from this century was Airbnb, which surprised me that that was his answer. But they really did kind of take the industry by storm there for a little bit. And and now you get a bit of chaos amongst that. And I'm, I'm for this too. I mean, even just reading, like you have to register with the mayor's office and in doing so acknowledge and comply with certain standing regulations. Like that just makes sense. Like, it's crazy that it's not there. It's not that this has to be a story now in 2023, but 
here we are. It does. And, you know, I think like vacation rentals, they are appealing in a lot of ways. And I understand why travelers want to stay with them. So just make it easier, make them feel like they have more of a a cover, so to say, if they do decide to go that route. And there are a lot of vacation rental companies that do have high quality accommodations and you don't have to worry so much about the regulations. So just go and seek those out as well. Definitely. Yeah. So a lot of the um, bite back on this from, you know, Airbnb sites and, and those vacation rental homes. It's saying that it'll prevent growth from occurring in the future and that supply will drop off. Uh, maybe there's a good thing there, though. I mean, I New York that. City hotels could certainly need a boost post-pandemic. And, yeah, um, hey, and if they're bad, then let's let them drop off. Exactly. We need yeah. to have some sort of quality control here. Absolutely. So that wraps up what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week. Uh, a little bit of it, actually. So you can head over to TravelPulse.com for all your news, too, and Travel Age West as well for endless content, too. Uh, any additional thoughts on the news, you can drop me an email, podcast at TravelPulse.com. Hit us up. And now we're going to jump over to our theme of the week, and it's all about where we're at right now, the future leaders in travel retreats. So, Emma, can you give our listeners a little reminder of what the future leaders in travel retreat is? Absolutely. So the future leaders in travel retreat were in our sixth year. We started in 2018, moved through the pandemic virtually, and now we are here in Jamaica at the sixth annual event. So this event is really dedicated to connecting the next generation of travel advisors with sellers, with those supplier partners that they may not know already. So qualified travel professionals and these suppliers are usually between the ages of 22 and 37, and we provide them opportunities to build authentic relationships through collaborative content sessions, one-on-one meetings between the buyers and the sellers. We get them out into the destination, have a little bit of fun, and also have some networking opportunities in the evening. Our education focuses primarily on professional professional development for these advisors and provides insights on how this generation will influence the future of our industry. Because Eric, as you know, the real influencers are travel advisors. So we really hope that after people leave this event, they're going to have a lot of new ideas for their business and they're going to have a whole new Rolodex of contacts. I love that. Yeah. And this event is is so important to, to the industry too. You've got, you know, you got future VPs and future executives here that don't know it yet, but that's where they're going to be in, in, in 10, 15 years or so. Um, so can you take us a little bit into the process of planning it all here and the logistics that come along with it from, from your side of things? Absolutely. So it's no easy feat, let me tell you. So I'm on the content team with the rest of the editors at Travel Age West. So usually what we do is we kind of take a pulse on what's important to travel advisors when we're planning this content. We have a group of what we, who we call guides and they are past attendees of the event. We get on a group call with them and we ask them, what are the pain points of your businesses? What challenges are you facing? What topics do you think we need to breathe new life into that will be very helpful for this subset of travel agents? And then after we take that, we kind of try to figure out how we can make it an interactive and engaging discussion around these topics. One thing that is stable for all these events. We always have Jen Lee from Travel Planners International host a workshop. She spends all her days talking to travel advisors. So she knows the hot topics of the moment this year. She's talking all about reviews and referrals and how to use them to create compelling social media content. But like I said before, we're always evolving based on feedback from prior years. Um, Eric, you're involved in a little bit of the content. You do our think tank. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, and that's just basically an open forum discussion that you know people have been talking throughout the event here. So this is always on the last day. It's sort of a staple of the event right before we go out and do sort of the uh, excursion activity that comes along 
with the event. So looking forward to that. That's uh, tomorrow, our catamaran experience. But the Think Tank, yeah, is open forum and really a lot of the topic points of that has been discussed, but it just allows a chance for everyone to come together and bounce ideas off of each other, bounce feedback off each other, help each other out, uh, supplier and advisor relationship-wise. So certainly love that. And um, yeah, you I mean you did a great job with the, the panel stuff this week. So the Pitch Perfect one was really enticing. And uh, today was a uh, shout out to Kelly who led the, the, the All About the Money, honey, which yeah. was great. So everyone... We're all about money, and we're all about travel, really. But money comes along with it. We gotta, we gotta feed our fams, gotta uh, feed our kids, our, our fur babies. So for a lot of other people <laughs> listening right now, a lot of cat lovers this year in this oh, group. I mean, but, I count <laughs> myself among them. I have yeah. two little kitties. So, but something that you said actually, I feel like we need to highlight again: enhancing the relationship between a supplier and an advisor. So, with our general sessions. We have all we have both groups represented in the room. So Pitch Perfect, as you mentioned, we're going to put suppliers on the stage. We're going to have advisors bring to them some client scenarios and see how these suppliers can kind of customize their pitches to essentially win over that advisor's business. The suppliers in the room, they get to see how their peers are customizing their product pitches. They're not doing a generic sales dump. And then the advisors are hearing how their peers are A, qualifying their clients, and then B, how they can work with the supplier partners better. So that's one of the biggest challenges is how do we relate this content to both groups and Pitch Perfect is an example of that. Yeah, and I love that too. So how would you say this event though has changed and elevated over the years you've been doing? Touch on a little bit, but elaborate a little more. Yeah, so when we started, we did this event in Aspen, Colorado. It really did feel like a small, intimate retreat. Um, over the pandemic, we went virtual, but now for the past couple of years, we've had this great relationship with Playa Hotels and Resorts. We've hosted our events at a Playa property. This event has grown and the caliber of the advisors who are coming, it just continues to, to grow. So now, and I think this is one of the main things to highlight if you're thinking of applying to this event, apply early because now word of mouth has spread and people know about the event and they know what the takeaways are. So this year we actually had more referrals than there were open spots before applications even opened, which wow. I thought was super telling. If you're going to apply, whether it's a referral or not, we're going to consider you it's it, you're going to get your application read. So don't let that be a deterrent if you don't have a referral, but I think it really speaks to the quality of this event and how word is really spreading about it. Yeah, which is great. Kudos to you and your team and kudos to the North Star Travel Events squad and all the lovely things that they do to help make this event such a success and everything. So what would you say are the goals you set for this year's events or any uh, big takeaways uh, post-event that you aim for? Um, or hoping that suppliers and buyers really aim for and gain out of all this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and Eric, you know this as an editor for a publication, we are always in service to our readers, to our audience. So our hope, whether that's suppliers or advisors, I mean, they're taking time out of their busy schedule. They're kind of stepping away. They're being engaged with us here while things are happening back home. And we want it to be meaningful for them. We want them to find value. We want them to learn. We want them to make connections that are going to foster collaboration and partnership for years into the future, those long lasting relationships. So our hope is that they walk away, not only learning something, but maybe finding some colleagues that they can take these relationships forward and just continue to improve their businesses. That's the goal. And if that happens, then we've done our job. I love that. Yeah. I haven't been in, in the travel industry very long. So I started the Travel Pulse late 2016 and 
you know, I really hit the event circuit, so to speak, a little bit post-COVID here. And yeah, as, as I come to more, more of these events and you see more and more people in the industry, the networking is so key. And really, it's just the, the people in this industry is really telling about the power and the strength and the reach that the travel industry really has. And getting to know and connect with one another is, is essential. It's all about the relationships, always. Yeah, I love that too. So any other insights or wisdom about future leaders that you want to mention or discuss or... I would say, and this is a piece of advice for applications, if you do decide to apply and applications for next year's event open in February, if you do decide to apply and you're a travel advisor, take some time with the application. It's open-ended, it's written responses. I think it's important to kind of show us that this is a a career for you, not just a hobby, how you want to build your business. If you have specific goals and tangible benchmarks, please communicate that in your applications. Um, We just, we like to know that we're keeping that caliber of travel advisor high. So that's my advice if you're going to be applying. Now, I know we made an announcement today, Eric, and I hope I can share this on the podcast. Let's let's do it. Yeah. What's going on next year? Where are we at? What's happening? So next year, like I said, applications are going to open in February and you can go to www.futureleadersintravel.com to find out more about the applications. We are going to be back with Playa Hotels and Resorts. We will be in the Dominican Republic next year at Hilton La Romana and the dates for that. So you can clear your schedules now, August 25th to 29th, 2024. I love that. Yeah. So exciting to uh, have something on the calendar already and then we can discuss a little bit here. So the DR is a fantastic destination. Haven't been to the Hilton Romana, so excited about that for next year as I'm sure many of uh, our listeners who fit that age range or if you are over that age range but you know people that are young in the industry, this is definitely something they need to put on their radar because it's invaluable. It's, it's essential to the growth of the industry in itself. So. And suppliers too. We want suppliers to come and we know that the suppliers who do choose to come to this event, they know the importance of investing in this relationship when the travel advisors are new to the industry and they're investing in their own young talent or new to industry talent. So suppliers, we want to see you there too. It's not just advisors. And like I said, www.futureleadersintravel.com for more info on that. Yeah. And on the supplier side too, I think what benefits them is knowing that these advisors are fully vetted. They may be new. There's a couple of people that are here that are like 24. There's some 25-year-olds. They've been in the industry for a year and a half, but their book of business is really impressive. And even on the supplier side too, some of them aren't technically in that full age range and that's okay because you need to establish your business and, and grow and you may not have anyone that fits in that, but you do want the youth. You can't ignore the youth of the industry here because that's what's going to set up the millennials. You know, We talked a lot about millennials in last year's podcast. But the millennials are are soon going to be taking over a little bit. You know, boomers are going to be retiring a bit more. And yeah, they're still going to travel. But millennials, growing families, getting bigger. Gen Z really loves to travel, really loves to use travel advisors. So suppliers, take note of that. Absolutely. And one quick thing before we wrap up too is for the suppliers who are thinking about whether they want to come to this event, if a travel advisor is brand new to the industry, like in that like one to seven year mark of being in the industry, they don't know what they don't know. So you put yourself in front of them. If they've never sold a river cruise line and you are a river cruise and you are a river cruise line, this is your opportunity to be the first river cruise line that they talk, they talk to, that you are introducing this concept to them. So their minds are open at this point. And I think that that's like something to really, to really highlight if you're thinking about going to this event as a supplier, you want to be in front of these people. 
Very well said. So anything you want to plug here as we wrap up uh, where people can follow you, get in touch um, with, you know, you want to plug your podcast again as well. And obviously futureleadersintravel.com. Yeah. So I, our door is always open at Travel Age West. We love hearing from our audience. So you can go find all of our content at travelagewest.com. We're on all the social platforms. If you want to reach out to me, I'm on Instagram at Emma underscore in route spelled the French way. Um, or you can email me E Weissman, W E I S S M A N N at travelagewest.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for taking time out of the event here to squeeze in just before lunch as we record on the afternoon here. So thanks again, Emma. It was my pleasure. Thanks, Eric. That's all the time we have for this week's show. Stay tuned for next week as we'll be talking a little bit about football and the return of the NFL and how that associates with travel and college football as well. So exciting times there if you're a football fan. You can follow me on Instagram at ericbowman underscore and travel pulse for all your travel needs as well. So thanks again. Thank you. Have a great week, everyone.